This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to MLB Extras, the Oakland Athletics podcast. I am Allison Footer, and I'm here with Jane Lee, and we're going to start delving into the hot stove season now that it is underway and Jane let's just talk for a quick second about how cool 2018 was before we start focusing on 2019 I remember being in uh, being in the a spring training for a couple of days and asking some people sort of within the organization what the realistic expectations were and they were like well we'd love to finish at 500 <laughs> um, so here we are 97 wins later uh, very cool was the team happy even though you know, ending ending with a wild card defeat is always difficult. But would you say that the team walked away from this whole experience pretty happy with how it worked out? Yeah, I mean, in hindsight, you know, I'm sure a few weeks removed now, um, they have to be really happy, really satisfied with what they did, just because you know, obviously, no one expected them to even be there. Um, but at the same time, I mean, once you are there, you know, you want to keep going on. Um, so there was definitely. There was definitely some disappointment. I mean, they didn't want to be the team that was just happy to be there. Um, they felt that, you know, they were a really talented team. Um, obviously, we're there for a reason. Um, so, you know, in the aftermath of the loss, um, you know, I think that there was there was definitely more disappointment um, just in the sense that, you know, one game after <laughs> playing 162, um, it's just, it's a really tough one to swallow. Um, you, know, you kind of want to, you, you feel like you deserve, you know, a series at least to kind of, to prove your worth and um, maybe have the chance to move on. Um, but I, I do think that, you know, in looking back that, you know, they can not only be happy with what they did, but know that this group, you know, will largely be intact. And this is kind of only the beginning. I mean, really, they were ahead of schedule, um, they expected this from, you know, this young core um, and obviously supplemented by um, a big cast of characters. Um, they expected them to be successful at some point, um, just not this soon. So, you know, I think all things considered, they have to be pretty happy with the way things turned out. Yeah. So uh, one of the main uh, keys of the team is, of course, Matt Chapman, who I think thrust himself into the national spotlight a little bit more, which is what happens when you play for a contender. Um, of course, you know how fantastic he is. Um, at the race, but it's nice when these guys get a little bit of respect more on a national level. Uh, but he had some minor surgery, so uh, tell us about that and, and what are the what's the outlook for uh, spring training of uh, 2019? Yeah, Chapman had um, just minor thumb surgery this week, um, and it's really an issue that dates back to um, last off season. Um, he was experiencing you know, at the time, um, you know, he thought it was kind of more wrist. Um, and, you know, took some time off during last off season. It popped up again during spring training. Um, and that's when they kind of realized, you know, this is something that in the future at some point will probably have to be addressed surgically. But, um, you know, they wanted to do the, the best that they could. Um, and he wanted to play through it. Um, so in spring training, um, he got a cortisone shot and missed minimal amount of time, came back and was good for a couple months, and then in June went on the deal with the same issue. And that's when, you know, at the time, I remember this thinking, you know, the, the team was really hovering around 500, 
just what everyone thought they would be doing. Um, the all-star break was, you know, just a couple weeks away. And I, I remember thinking, you know, they really shouldn't rush this guy. There's no reason to, you know, they're really, they're, they're not necessarily playing for anything right now. I mean, at the time, I think they were like, you know, 11, 12 games out. Um, and this is a, a guy that, you know, they really saw as a, just a centerpiece of their future, um, real key guy. So I was thinking, you know, either rest him, have the surgery now, just take care of it. You know, why push it with him? Um, and of course he misses only like two weeks, um, you know, gets another shot and was one of the best hitters in the game after that. Um, and so, you know, obviously, you know, was doing okay at the plate uh, more than okay, but I think it was still just this lingering thing that they wanted to eventually take care of. And, turns out they didn't wait long. So um, the fact that they were able to take care of it so early in the off season, he is expected to be fully ready for spring training. So, um, you know, hopefully no setbacks with him. And, you know, by the time he shows up, you know, it'll like, it'll be like it never happened. That's really good news for the A's because of course, while they do know how to navigate through injuries, um, they are a team that really needs to be able to maintain its depth and not be hit too hard in order to stay afloat in that very tough division. Let's move on to Bob Melvin very quickly. Uh, one of my favorite topics, one of my favorite people. Uh, so he won the Sporting News American League Manager of the Year Award. I don't think that was any big shock. You think this is a precursor to the BBWAA Manager of the Year Award, which will be announced after the World Series is over. I have my opinions on a lot of this. I think that Bob fits the description in, I, I, you know, I, I don't like it when the manager of the year award just always goes to the guy whose team was supposed to be really bad and then wasn't bad. Um, so, you know, making the most out of the least, because I think there's a lot of managers who manage really good teams who deserve consideration too. But I think Bob um, kind of encompasses exactly what uh, you would think for a manager of the year where he does bring out the best in his players. And he also had a pretty good team to manage in the first place. So where do you see this thing going in terms of the award? Yeah, I mean, I, I see him as the front runner. Um, I hope he does come out on top um, because I do think he deserves it. I think it was telling um, that he won the Sporting News one. Um, that one is voted on by other managers. So I think that one's, you know, very cool in itself. Um, I hope that East Coast bias doesn't come into play too much in the, the baseball writers one. Um, you know, I think the, the other two leading candidates, obviously Alex Cora has done an incredible job in his first year. Um, and I think Kevin Cash will draw some votes too. But I mean, you look at what Bob Melvin's done. Um, I mean, it's not easy when you have a revolving door like the A's do. Um, you know, so many different pieces used this year. And it's not about just employing those pieces on the field, it's about managing them in the clubhouse, you know, um, you know, just having that cohesiveness. Um, and I think what Bob does best is, you know, he doesn't get too low. He doesn't get too high. I mean, he, even in the wildcard game, you watch him during games, um, you know, they show him on TV and he has that poker base and it, it never changes. And I think, you know, just that kind of calm, even keeled manner really rubs off on his players, you know, keeps them the same way. Um, Cause it would have been easy for this team, you know, after a couple months, um, some disappointing months for, you know, for them to just kind of, you know, give in, but that never happened. And then, you know, they go on that crazy run and um, it, it could have stopped and it didn't um, just because they don't get too high. They don't get too low. And it really starts with Bob um, and, you know, his communication too. I mean, he was dealing with 
you know, I mentioned so many different pieces, um, you know, a lot of those came in, you know, like July, August, where you're, you're bringing in a couple of closers and Yuri Samili and Fernando Rodney, and you're having to tell them, look, like you're not going to be closing. You know, we have a closer, Blake trying in here. I'm going to have to call you maybe in the seventh, perhaps even the sixth. And the fact that all these guys, you know, bought into it, you know, it obviously says something about them, but I think it more speaks to who they're playing for. Um, so, you know, with Melvin, I mean, he just every little thing, um, he's just so good at what he does. Obviously, he's been doing it for a long time, and I think his players respect the heck out of him. So, um, you know, you hope that even though the A's, you know, largely go unnoticed, um, you know, you hope that they at least caught caught wind of what the A's were doing and, and paid attention to how they were doing it. Um, and it really does start with Bob. Yeah, because that's the big, that's one of the main um, things when it comes to a manager managing a team that's not like in the huge spotlight. And and the fact that they did have to manipulate things with just a couple of weeks to go in the season, all of a sudden they were talking about openers and they're doing this and that, and they're trying to just not let a fabulous season get away from them once basically their entire starting rotation was depleted. Um, and so I think that, you know, the thing that the reason that I don't like love the manager of the year award is just because it's very hard, I think, for people who don't cover that team every day to really know what job the manager's doing. Um, but I think that with all of the, uh, you know, needing those players to buy into what they were doing at a crucial time in the season, when I think a lot of people are saying, why are you trying to change things up now? Uh, that's got to carry a lot of weight and not anybody can just come in and do that. You really do have to have people that revere the manager. Oh, for sure. And I mean, even just, you know, from a, a media standpoint, I mean, <laughs> I think everyone knows that in today's game, um, you, you know, a lot of what the manager does um, is just something that's coming from above. Right. So, um, the manager is responsible um, for kind of spelling it out to the media and, and taking responsibility for it and owning it. Um, that's not always easy to do. And I think Bob does such a good job of it, um, you know, because, you know, from platoons to bullpen usage to openers, you know, all of it. I mean, that's not just, you know, I think fans sometimes assume that, you know, well, why did the manager do this? Why did he decide this? Well, it's not just the manager. It's an organizational decision. But yes, the manager does, um, you know, have to own it for, for everybody and explain it to everybody. And I, you know, it, obviously bias being around him so much, but I think he, he does such a good job of that as well. Um, and it's just all the little things with him, you know, add up. And, and I really think that, you know, he does such an incredible job with everything. Yeah, he does. So let's talk about this rotation a little bit. I think it's fascinating. Um, I think it's the most interesting part of what's going on with the A's right now, and we're not even playing baseball. Uh, the fact that, you know, Sean Manaya, I think that kind of got things rolling in terms of just how banged up this rotation was and the fact that they kind of played through September without anyone who had started the season in the rotation. Um, and they won 97 games. It's just so awesome. So where do you see things moving as they try to, you know, kind of put together a roster for 2019? Yeah, it'll be interesting um, just because they 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 don't have rotation right now. I mean, the the leftover pieces that were there, um, guys like Edwin Jackson, Trevor Cahill, Brett Anderson, they're all free agents. Um, I mean, even Mike Fires, he's, he's ARB eligible one final time, and he made $6 million this year, so that's only going to increase. And I don't know that the A's 
you know, pay that. Um, obviously, he was extremely valuable for them. They loved having him around. Um, and he would, he would be, you know, uh, great for them in their rotation next year. But I don't know that you can pay, you know, a Mike Fires, you know, close to $10 million um, when you have other guys like Chris Davis and Blake China and Marcus Simeon, who are also due for pay raises, who you absolutely need. Um but then you're like, okay, so what, what do you do? Um, and they do have some internal pieces. Um, Daniel Mingdon, Paul Blackburn, um, Frankie Montas. Um, but, you know, they're going to have to go out and do something. And, you know, you look at the market. I, I don't know that there's a ton of options that don't require a ton of spending. Um, but they somehow always find a way to be creative and, and get the job done. They did it throughout the entire year. Um, now I wouldn't recommend to them doing what they did this year just because I think it's, it's, it's a little too stressful and too many pieces were involved. Um, but, you know, obviously you can't, you know, predict, you know, I don't know how many injuries they had over a dozen. Um, and so many of those guys, Jarrell Cotton, Daniel Gossett, A.J. Puck, Kendall Graveman, um, not only injured, but had Tommy John surgery, um, not only out this year, but most of next year. So they're really, I mean, this is a, a major issue. The good news is that, you know, you look, you look elsewhere and there's not that many um, questions. I mean, even the, the biggest questions that they do face, um, you know, at second base with Jed Lowry, do they re-sign him? Um, do they re-sign Jonathan Lucroy? Um, you know, they do have other internal options at those positions. Um, so I don't think that that's, um, you know, it's going to be as big of a stressor as, as this issue with the starting rotation. And, and I don't know if they go out and spend, I think that's going to be up to ownership. Um, and, you know, you hope that maybe they announce a new ballpark site by year's end, which is what they've promised. And if a ballpark is in place, you know, maybe they, you know, start looking at the finances and, you know, commit to, to spending more. Um, and if they do, then obviously they would have more options. But it's just a matter of, you know, how, how many resources they are going to have. So um, I don't expect a big signing, but, you know, I, I also don't know what else they're going to do. <laughs> That concludes our MLB Extras podcast talking about the Oakland A's. Thanks to Jane Lee for joining us. And everyone, we will talk to you next time.